everyone. Welcome back to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm Kate Elston. I'm Meg Hayes. And I'm Meg Trowbridge. Hello. Hi. I'm back with a cold. <laughs> We're Classic. back to our hotel room. Uh doing a couple pickup recordings in a hotel room for the weekend. It's great. But of course, I have a cold. So whenever you hear me have a cold, it means it's that time. It's so our special hotel day. Get used to it. <laughs> We're so excited for this episode. Meg Tro brought us some IUD research. Yeah. We're so excited to hear from it. So we're just going to get right to it. But before we do, y'all, a listener, Becky, gave us concluding lyrics to our Bleed Search song. So I just wanted to, this is on behalf of Becky. Ready? Fantastic. Bleed search is all I ever wanted. Bleed search, have to bleducate. Good. It's perfect. So we're going to. Becky, it's perfect. It's perfect. Bleducate. We, if for new listeners, we just mumbled the end of that song in the past. Which I think also worked, but this is an improvement. This is so much better. (laughs) So let's just do that real quick and then we'll get to Meg's research. Great. Six, seven, eight. Bleed search is all I ever wanted. Bleed search, have to bledgicate. Damn it. I love also we started very low because my cold (laughs) is like going down here. All All right. right. Let's do this. Meg, 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 IUDs, IUDs. M-E-G, IUDs. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've brought you all here today to discuss something that uh, a lot of bleeders have talked to me about um, independently, not knowing my experience with them. Um, So it just seemed like a natural topic for Vicious Cycle. IUDs. So Mm. excited. And that means those are the bombs in Iraq, right? <laughs> IED. This close. It's not IED. Is it IED? I think so. Yeah. I always mix them up. <laughs> Wait, do you really think we were doing this on bombs? No. <laughs> but I, I, I was making a joke because I always mix those two up. Okay. But so the bomb is IED. Mm-hmm. In don't know what it stands. I don't know no. what it stands. I for. something explosive device. device. <laughs> International. Probably no. It, Incognito. Indis- indubitably. Yeah. Mm, yes. What does IUD stand for? IUD stands for intrauterine device. I know Ew. really nothing about this. I'm yeah. really excited. And it looks like a letter T. It looks like a little T. So I've got some bleed search uh, that the other two blosts don't know about. Um, I'm also the only blost with IUD experience. Is that right? IED or IUD? Good question. How, answer both questions, Kate. <laughs> I mean, I have IED experience. Okay. Clearly. I what? lived with cool. Kathleen. Cool. Oh, really? Dropping bombs since Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. Every time I've had a bad uh, comedy show, it's been an IED. Dropped an IED. This is so inappropriate so guys, as we're, we're not diminishing the, the. We've si- lost all of our vet listenership. <laughs> we're not diminishing the sacrifice that our. Heroes made to our nation, but the IUDs. IUDs. IUDs also have their own set of sacrifices, which we will be learning today. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, <laughs> IUD owners. Yes, great. This is great. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> I'm pumped. Well, okay. So I thought I'd start off with some stats. Uh, all of this information I've got um, first comes from Wikipedia. Thanks. Um, And also from Planned Parenthood, which is an incredible resource. If you ever have questions, go to Planned Parenthood um, because we stand with Planned Parenthood. And um, and also from Healthline. And um, I also feature a Vice article at the end. Mm. So Wikipedia says globally, approximately 45 percent of those who are married and able to have children use contraception. As of 2007, IUDs were used by about 17% of women of childbearing age in developing countries and 9% in developed countries, or more than 180 million women worldwide. Okay. okay. So it's I, more in developing <clears throat> countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the cheaper option. Mm-hmm. Like, you pop it in, and the longest ones last for over a decade. Um, so, but I was surprised by, I thought it'd be more. I had this impression when I got it that it was, like, the number one used contraception in china so i was like oh like at least 500 million people right, use it right. um that was incorrect okay. i don't know who told me that hmm. i think it was kevin 
Kevin Nova. <laughs> what does he know? I he blame was Kevin. About, he was talking about IEDs. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, I blame you for trusting Kevin yeah. with that information. I should have backed like, it up. Noted. <laughs> All right. That was him then. being like, I don't want to wear a condom anymore. And did you know that in China? <laughs> <laughs> also, you guys, it was so hard to get Kevin not to wear the condom. He was just like, I don't, I really don't want to get pregnant. Okay. I know. He was one of those guys. Wait. Uber so you did scout. double. So you did double duty for, for a while? so long. Oh. Yeah. Oh, even when you had the IUD. I was on birth control from the minute we were dating, and he sure. we were wearing condoms for years. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because guys, it's not that hard to wrap it up. Anyway, yeah, but true. also, like, why would you do double duty? It feels like it's a lot. Well, then I should have stopped being on birth control. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Yeah. See, why is it always that we give the men the gift of not wearing the condom? Right. Read my labia. Read my labia. Yeah. Anyways. I will just say, though, side note, when I was first a uh, Planned Parenthood client, uh, mm. when I got my first birth control as a twee, not, not tweenager, not tween. teenager, <laughs> um, the, the doctor was like, are you each other's first partners? Then you don't have to wear a condom. Like, you just don't have to. What? Like she that, And I remember all my friends were like, no, you have to. Like, we all learned about safe sex. Yeah. I was like, listen, like. If you're both virgins. If, if, and if we're on, or on the pill or whatever, or the patch, whatever it was. Like, mm-hmm. anyway. Fair. Wow. So, I, so I've always just been like, one is enough. One <laughs> and done. And it's true. Um, so <clears throat> in the United States, 98% of sexually active women have used birth control at some point hmm. in time, which I think is an incredible stat. Great number. What's the number again? 98. Damn. Nearly 100%. I guess if people polled, but still insane. Great. That's good. Yeah. And 62% of those of reproductive age are currently using birth control. Mm -hmm. The two most common methods are the pill, uh, and sterilization. Pardon? Oh, like tube side, tube side, or maybe vasectomy. I think they consider male contraception within this. Got it. That that checks. I want to see those numbers lined up. Mm. Um, and despite the availability of highly effective contraceptives, about half of U.S. pregnancies are unintended. Wow. Yeah. So Say that one more time. Sorry. These stats are coming at me hard sorry, it's and a lot fast. of numbers. Um, even though there's widely available contraception, half of U.S. pregnancies are unintended. What? Yeah. That is a current stat? Yeah. From uh, September of 2019. Pardon? Yeah. Because it's, it's interesting because... I think teen pregnancies have like gone plummeted down. and so have so abortions. all the dum-dums that are our age <laughs> that never got this education are still having unintended I pregnancies. I think about a lot of like late in life pregnancies happen too. Like it's true. A Where you're like, oh, kid. it can't happen or now. Or like partners that are like, eh, we'll shoot. Yeah. Like yeah. we'll try it out. It doesn't just mean I think like unwanted pregnancies. It means just unintended. unintended. Like you weren't Un- trying. Unplanned. And I have to imagine within that stat, um, it's the people who are doing some form of contraception and still manage to get pregnant. Yeah. Part, because perhaps people fuck up the pill all the time or condoms. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Condoms Don't expire. Y'all. Me. Don't scare me. <laughs> and sometimes you can use oh, both the, and still get the pre- amount of <laughs> the amount of condoms I've thrown away. Not that many, <laughs> but I remember when I was a virgin, I had some condoms and I was like, I will have sex by the time this condom expires. <laughs> <laughs> this is the date that I have Tape to lose up, my virginity. Calendar. It's like a 1980s teen film. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> or I'll have to buy another one. <laughs> and then I have failed. Um, so also, according to uh, this article, usage of the IUD has more than tripled between 2002 and 2011 yeah, in the U.S. Um, in 2011, IUDs made up 10% of all birth control methods with women increasingly viewing the IUD as the most convenient, safe and effective yet reversible form of contraception. Yet. Oh, sure. Compared to tubes being tied. Yeah, sure. Um, so what is an IUD? I'll tell you. IUD stands for intrauterine device, which basically means a device that's inside your uterus. It's a small piece of flexible plastic that's shaped like a T and it has little strings that stick out of your cervix. But not out of your vagina. Not out of your they vagina. They shouldn't. No. That's, that would be very long. But sometimes they do if they fall out of place. I mean, at that point, if it's out of your vagina, then the IUD is probably also in your vagina. Yeah. Because it's really only a sure. couple, like two inches long. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, every month you are supposed to inspect your cervix and feel for the strings to make sure they're still there. Because if you lose your strings, then it becomes a whole ordeal to get the IUD out. Because the strings hanging out is how you can have it removed. How would it go back in from sex? From penis Maybe, sex? Pushing it? Yeah. And Pen- I think <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. P&V stuff. Um, I'm not totally sure. And I didn't see too much of like how that happens. Interesting. Um, but I think sometimes things get jostled. Um, and also, but yeah. And then it's like you're feeling for the string for either it feeling shorter or longer. Oh, that's so, you're so supposed much to like pressure. Keep, yeah, it's a lot. And honestly, I think most of the people who have IUDs don't check. Right. And it's, for the most part, not a problem. Um, So it is 99.9% effective because of Whoa. its design. Yeah. Because of its design and also because there's little to no risk of misuse. Mm, so like sure. with you the pill, yeah. you forget, you double right. up, whatever. Um, And there are five different brands of IUDs. Uh, so there is the Morena, Kylina, Laletta, and Skyla IUDs. These are all great names. Great so names. For, for, for white for trash vampires. kids. Yes. <laughs> Laletta and Skyla, get in here. Um, and they use the hormone progestin to prevent pregnancy. Right. They're a non-estrogen option. Yeah, and, and this is, none of them use estrogen. And these are the ones that don't stop ovulation. Do they all not stop ovulation? They just make it so that you don't have lining in your uterus, correct? Yes, although I think once I read... Um, that one could sometimes prevent an egg from leaving the okay, ovary. so that would pre- that would be ovulation. But I don't think that's how it's normally intended. Yeah, I have information. Okay, um, so the Marina and Littleetta last seven years, Kylina lasts five years, and Skyla lasts three years. Um, and I didn't have time to look up. I wonder if it's the amount of progestin that like is in it that then makes it need to be replaced more often. Um, but then there is the Paragard, which doesn't have hormones and has copper wire wrapped around. And that is also a way to prevent pregnancy. Um, and that one lasts 12 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So how an IUD works. Uh, so the copper IUD um, uh, prevents pregnancy in that it, the sperm doesn't like copper. They somehow found that out. Um, so the Paragard IUD makes it almost impossible for sperm to get to the egg. To the like, fallopes. Yeah. Um, where the hormonal IUDs prevent pregnancy in two ways. One, they thicken the mucus that lives on the cervix, which blocks and traps the sperm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and I like this. the hormones also sometimes stop eggs from leaving your ovaries which means there's no egg for a sperm to fertilize. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember reading that that was sometimes an unintended consequence. Yes. Of, like they weren't designed to do that like the pill is, but it right. just happens sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, also, fun fact, uh, if you're looking for emergency contraception, uh, which I think mostly we think of like plan B mm-hmm. or that morning after pill, um, the copper IUD is considered an emergency contraception. And uh, you, if you put it in within five days of your unprotected sex, um, then they say it's 99.9% effective Whoa. of preventing any pregnancy. But then, wow. and I think they encourage people to do that because then they're like, if you are in a situation where you need to take uh, emergency contraception, why not just keep this yeah. in and have this ongoing contraception? Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I saw that on a lot of websites wow. that they're like, consider putting this up yourself. Wow. So I just you would have to schedule crazy. an appointment and get it put in and all that. Jazz yeah. Within it, five days. And I think you'd have to do it like you'd have to say, like, I need emergency contraception mm-hmm. and I want this copper IUD. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I, I that was a surprise to me. I never would have thought of that. And they mm-hmm. only list. I only ever saw the copper IUD listed as that. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Very um and just cover all the bases they do nothing to protect you against stis or Mm -hmm. stds yeah Mm -hmm. so let's discuss the risks of an iud sure sure um because we know that they're like the most effective contraception um you can't mess it up um maybe you feel for your strings but beyond that like the pressure is off Mm -hmm. you um but it does come with risks Um, The IUD can sometimes slip out of the uterus. It can come all the way out or just a little bit. And if that happens, you can get pregnant. Um, And if the IUD only comes out a 
partial amount of the way, you still have to get it removed and replaced. You can't just tap it back in. What what causes that? Like if someone has an open uterus or sorry, an open cervix? See, I'm not sure. I wonder if it's like bearing down, if it's like pelvic floor related. Mm-hmm. I didn't find a lot of reasons why it happens. Um, so it can pop out. Um, it's unlikely but possible to get pregnant even with the IUD in. Um, and if you get pregnant, you should have the IUD removed as soon as you find out. Um, and wow. if you do get <gasps> pregnant with the I IUD, think about that. I know crazy because it sometimes stops your egg, but sometimes it doesn't. And if there's some <gasps> like crazy sperm, that's like, I don't care about this copper, you know, then it could still, you could get pregnant and then you'd have to make room for that. <sighs> egg. But it means that that you are at much higher risk for an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. And other serious health problems. Ominous. When you talk about like Jocelyn, I just picture Kate's menstrual cup dance that she does. Just to, <laughs> just yeah. to like get it I'm in. Dancing. I'm dancing in my bathroom. Pants I, I bathroom. wonder if you can square dance with the IUD. It's a good question. I mean, she said no. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So it is also possible to get an infection if bacteria get into the uterus when the IUD is put in. And if the infection isn't treated, it may affect your chances of getting pregnant in the future. Oh, Oh, no. We will discuss. Wait, hold on. How do they put it in? It's just like a it's like a pap smear. They just go all the way in and they. okay. And how big is it? Can you what are we talking? Like, do you see it? Did you see yours before it went in? Yes. Um, and it is, it's maybe two inches long, okay. maybe less. That feels a little big. And it's a very bendy T and the arms fold down. Okay. So it just becomes a very th- skinny little plastic stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like, well, I'll finish this okay. and then okay. I'm going to yeah, get yeah, into yeah. my journey. Okay. Oh boy. Um, I love stories with journeys. <laughs> so much journey. Um, one of the last risks is that when the, IUD is put in, it could push through the wall of the uterus. And this sounds painful, but it usually doesn't hurt. Okay, okay, okay. Um, But if it happens, you need surgery to remove the IUD. And they emphasize that is very rare. But I've heard about it twice. (gasps) No! In your life? In my life. People I know. In your life? No, in her dreams, Meg. (laughs) In my past life just not like Online or like people you know. People I know. Shut up. Meg doesn't know that many people. We know Meg's people. That's true. It's like five people. That's uh, like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the percentage is high in my <laughs> circle of friends. Um, but yeah, that's a possibility. Um, and they say it's very rare, but you know. Listeners, if you have, if this has happened to you, please call us, 9106uterus, or message us on Insta. Yes, please. Um, and one of the last risks, and it's more of like a side effect, um, is that, um, I've heard anecdotally, and I also read online a little bit, um, that people who use the copper IUD, their periods get heavier, where like mm. the hormonal IUDs, most often your period goes away altogether. Um, or at least it's supposed to. That's what they tell you to expect. Um, and with the copper IUD, it can sometimes make your flow heavier. Wow. Yeah. And not go away ever? Yeah. The horror stories I've heard from IUDs are mostly just like, my period never stopped. Like I had it for five months straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know um, a close acquaintance um, who had the copper IUD and she said she was filling her menstrual cup like every two hours. <gasps> That's bad. And it was almost what? like daily, a daily thing. It's like a menorrhagia. Yeah. Status. Yeah. Look at you with your I remember. menstrual words. I remember words. Um. So yeah. So it's not like a clean cut, obvious option. There are still risks and it's the most painful one option but eventually you're never well maybe the insertion yeah the insertion is either uncomfortable to very painful and then but then once it's in you're not really supposed to feel it especially after like a week it should be pretty uh regular so now i'd like to take you on my iud journey yes please the year was 2011 I was in a committed relationship with my partner, soon-to-be husband. Uh, I I was interested in us ditching condoms, so I wanted to find like the most reliable um, birth control option. 
And, um, also I was sick of being bad at taking the pill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I had my nightly alarm. It drove me crazy. Mm -hmm. I was either sleeping at my place or Kevin's place and would regularly forget my period or my, um, uh, birth control pack. Um, I was just like, this sucks. Everything about this sucks. And I kept trying to figure out different times to take it just didn't work. So did a little research on the IUD and just saw that like, it seemed like a really good option and that it was more common than you thought. So I decided to go with it. I didn't have great insurance. Actually, it might've been I'm trying to remember cause I didn't have great insurance, but I think I was still new at the law firm. So this could have been 2010. And, um, so I went to Planned Parenthood cause that had been my, especially my gynecological healthcare provider mm-hmm. from college on. Um, so I went to Planned Parenthood, got, uh, had an appointment. They prepped me very well. They said, take a lot of Advil, before the appointment, it'll help. Um, and then I had both a doctor and a nurse in the room with me. The nurse held my hand and kept telling me what to expect. Um, and I honestly thought the insertion, like it just felt like cramping. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. It sounds like the colposcopy. Yeah. Ah, and so, cause it's, you know, they have to insert it through your cervix into your uterus. So like, that's the weirdest thing. And they sometimes say like, you know, it's unusual. Well, it's some people think it's unusual that if you haven't had a child and you decide to get an IUD, they're like, why your cervix is still so like tight. So like little, Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of the best contraception options. Mm -hmm. So, um, is it true that some women get it like right after birth? That is what I've heard. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how that one doesn't just pop right out as your like oh, body's getting back together. Yeah. But they say because that's the easiest time to insert it, that that's what they do. Yeah. Um, and you're like, so I'm good. Yeah. I just don't want to go through that yeah, again. Shut that down. Yeah. Um, so I got it inserted, uh, went on with my day, was kind of like, well, I mean, I took the day off because I thought I was going to be in excruciating pain. Um, but I wasn't. But I went over to Kevin's and was just like, I feel tender. And so just like <laughs> made him baby me. Um, and then for about a month or two, every so often um, when we were having SEX, um, <laughs> we, we, it would like be painful. Like I'd get in a certain uh, position and ooh. then it, there was something not right. Ooh, um, it's like me, normal sex. <laughs> I didn't My have that pillow. <laughs> Pelvis, I still. We need to ask cervix. We need to ask Dr. Kate again. Again, we already forgot. forgot. Okay. (laughs) Um, and so, but that also resolved itself, and and I spotted for about six months, and then for the yeah, but for the most part, it was spotting like it was relatively light, and it was I didn't really didn't have much of a period when I had the IUD. So just spotting every day. Yes. For six months. Spotting every day now, is volume three of Meg's now, uh, aforementioned autobiography. It's a trilogy. Did that affect your sex life? You know. Because I have a friend who also spotted and it really negatively affected her sex life oh. with her partner. And it was kind of hard on their relationship. Oh, really? Because yeah. of spotting from an IUD? But she was spotting for like months and months and months mm. straight. So it was kind of hard for them to like be intimate and do certain things. Mm. And oh, yeah. I mean, my spotting felt so light, but also Kev's pretty chill. So yeah. like that definitely wasn't a deal breaker. Honestly, like now when it comes to period sex, it's like only and it's usually me where I'm just like, I am so disgusting. right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? yeah. And I don't know if this friend, if it was from her or from yeah. him or both. So were you wearing pads or it was so light? I was wearing liners. Okay. Um, which you're already kind of used to wearing anyways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it wasn't anything new. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't too much of a shift. So spotting, but no real period. So eh. yeah, it's like a trade off trade off. Um, but th- this, that year I had that IUD, I got the Mirena. Um, it did, it was really nice not to have to worry about a pill, um, to travel without having to worry about Mm -hmm. it. I could finally turn off my alarm. That felt like a blessing. Um, and things seemed good. And then about a year after I had it inserted, um, uh, Kev would mention that he felt like he could feel something. Mm. Oh my. On his diak? On the tip of his diak. 
Um, oh my god, Kevin's gonna probably die if he ever. Dude, was to he? Did he? Was he? Was he bleeding at all? No. Because is I mean, that a thing that happens? Have I, men I been can't pierced? imagine that's sharp. I don't. It yeah, feels it like the tip of a sharp. ballpoint okay. pen. Okay. Um, okay. and that's what they tell you when you're searching for your strings, um, to feel around your cervix to see if you can feel what feels like the tip of a pen. Oh. Um, just to make sure because if you can feel that then it's then you know you should get it checked out the idea of feeling your cervix makes me want to vomit it's like i did it the first couple months and then i honestly could never really feel the strings but i had a gyno appointment soon after and they could see them and i was like great super i feel like it's hard to feel the strings like i can't imagine they're so fine yes Um, anyway so kevin could feel it so kevin said he could feel it and then i would kind of dig around and see if i could feel it and I couldn't. And I imagine that maybe part of it is that like when we were having intercourse. Um, <laughs> this is like me saying BMs. <laughs> um, that maybe like like my cervix was more open, you know? Also, like, Your cervix moves positions during your cycle. Yes. What? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, have we discussed this or did we just see the same video? Maybe. Well... I just know that like when you're ovulating, if you're ovulating, like, you don't ovulate. So maybe this doesn't affect you, but like your cervix changes positions. Yeah. Huh? So that's how another reason you can tell you're ovulating is if it feels different when you have sex. Weird. No. no. Also, also, you have a weird pelvis. So who knows? Your cervix I could like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like don't have a cervix three days yeah, out of yeah. the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes away. It's like one guardian leviosa or some shit. <laughs> um, well, I'm assuming, I mean, no offense, size doesn't isn't actually that important, but is uh is Kevin? Oh, are we gonna talk large? about my husband's dick size? Is it longer than, <laughs> than your, your fingers? fingers. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Meg. Because like, also maybe that's why he could feel it. Yes, and yes. Right. I would like. <laughs> oh, okay. There was a eyebrow okay, raising. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I would hope that it's longer than your right? fingers. I mean, I mean my fingers no. are teeny, teeny, tiny. So. Yeah, he got those little shorties. <laughs> Again, no. <laughs> Again, no, are they no shade. No Kate's shade. Fingers? No shade to people with hey, penises. Hey, sometimes it's more about girth than length. I mean, typically the only way that I get off is is non penis okay, related. Yes. Okay. 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 Are we getting I off mean, topic? Do you want to talk I about mean, clitoral um, Kate's blushing. Kate, do you have something to no, say? Let's just keep going. want to talk about your I, husband's dick? Kate. No, let's keep going. Kate. I knew it was going to come to this. That's why I was like, move it along. Kate, Kate is... Kate, right, show right your face. <laughs> My fingers are teeny, teeny tiny. <laughs> I don't know why Kate's so embarrassed. None of this has involved her at all. And she's like, okay, let's go. Is it because I... It's because I whispered intercourse. Yeah, I'm that sorry. made me uncomfortable from minute one. <laughs> I apologize. Oh my so god! I go call it boom boom. It only <laughs> it only I will not. I shan't and I shorn't. <laughs> it only made her uncomfortable because it sounded like a ghost was whispering intercourse in the room. <laughs> I suddenly got ASMR and it was uncomfortable. Go, no, oh no, I gotta go. Oh um, my god! So. Uh, because of Kevin's complaints, um, I schedule appointment. I now am with um, Kaiser, so I schedule an appointment with Kaiser. Uh, they check me out, and they can't see if it's coming out, but they decide to do um, an ultrasound anyways mm. um, because they're like, nah, he shouldn't be feeling anything like that down there. So that seems so telling. Either oh, no, you the- have a ballpoint pencil yeah, in your pussy Moral of the story is there was a pen up my back. <laughs> and that was also good contraception. Um, so we do an ultrasound and that's one where they see I have a cyst on my ovary. Oh, wow. um, so that's like the first time I saw that. And they said that that's common with the IUD. <gasps> Wait, oh. The IUD makes cysts? Yeah. And, and I could have had it before then too. I'd never had an ultrasound before then. Um, but they just listed that as a thing. So is And did that affect your ectopic? Well, so I don't know because they, I never got an answer from Kaiser about any yeah, of that. Yeah, you got, you, that new doctor is going to work one yeah, for you. Yeah, at least I hope. I'm putting a lot of faith and hope into it. Yeah. Um, but so uh, they decide that I should have it removed, that it looks like it is coming out. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point the doctor's like, I'm surprised you can't feel it. And I'm like, it's a good point. There's something coming out of my cervix. And I'm like, no, I don't know. 
So yeah, interesting. Tough, tough broad, I guess. Or I just have a numb cervix. <laughs> numb cervix <laughs> is our name next of my fourth. Oh god, improv team. <laughs> no, thank you. Give it up for numb cervix. Oh, thank we you. Numb cervix. This is our first song. Oh, um, so, so then Kaiser decides, let's take out your IUD. We will replace it with a new one. And I say, uh, okay, well, the first time wasn't that bad, so let's do it. So to get it out, they, they, I think they tweezer the strings, and then you cough. And that's it. You cough, and they pull at the time you, you cough. Kate, so Kate and I had to. <laughs> that was, I'm sorry. I felt it. Kate and I had to do that for the colposcopy. Yeah, you cough. Well, that's a pap smear, too, right? You cough, and they scrape, or is that the colposcopy? Colposcopy. Yeah, I've never had the, the biopsy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the biopsy. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. You cough. But I wasn't sure if at a pap smear, you also cough, and mm-hmm. they scrape. Okay, cough and scrape. It's the worst fucking oh, feeling. Oh, uh, No. Ooh, why just, is it about coughing that opens your cervix? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> I mean, it just yeah, all I cough. <laughs> I mean, I also just make me feel like I'm pushing stuff down. Right? Yeah. It's like a kegel motion. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. reverse kegel, right? Men have to turn Ugh. and cough too for their yeah. prostate exams, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we should stop coughing. Yeah, it's, it's obviously messing things up. <laughs> Oh um, my god, a ballpoint pen? What the <laughs> fuck? Um, so I get the IUD removed and then we schedule a replacement. Um, and then I go in and I like I mean, we may maybe we'll take out her name, but her name is so good. Um, Dr. Bertoli. Uh, and do you guys know the Italian brand? Where apparently the food is so good that the Italian chefs go, Bertoli! Mm-mm. Anyways, it's perfect because I will forever hate this doctor. Oh, no. Um, Dr. Bertoli uh, brings me in. Um, she has no patience for me. She's like, let's just get this done. <gasps> maybe she thinks that I've had children, but I feel like when she saw my cervix, she maybe would have been able to tell. I don't she know. F- I'm assuming she for sure would she be seen, able to tell. And, and she maybe could have looked at my chart um, or my file. Um, but, uh, I get in the exam room. She, she gets me in position and now all of a sudden it's like impossible to get it in. Like it's, it won't go <gasps> in. Did you take Advil and stuff? No. What's the opposite of coughing? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I just want to suck it in real fast. Um, but I'm alone with her. <sighs> She's losing her patience. So I feel like the pressure is really on. Um, and it's really, really painful, Mm -hmm. like so much more painful than the first time. And I think I just thought since the first time was so like relatively easy that it would be easy. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was my mistake. No, that's an obvious leap to make. Mm -hmm. It's not a leap at all. It's a, it's a, it's a footstep. (laughs) It was such a traumatic thing. Um, and it felt like it lasted forever, but I think it was only like 10 or 15 minutes. And eventually she loses her patience and she's like, do we need to reschedule? And I'm oh like, as if you're like holding your cervix yeah. from her. Like I have no control over this, but I like take a breath and I'm crying. Um, and I take a breath and I'm like, okay, I think we can try one more time. And then I don't know what she does, but she manages to insert it. So then I go home, like just totally defeated. Um, and, and then I don't know how soon after, but basically every month for about eight months, I would either have a yeast infection or a bacterial infection. And it's like, I would treat it. I'd get my period and all of a sudden I'd have another infection. And so I was like pretty frustrated. Infections don't come from the uterus, right? Right. So, okay. And and then Unless do they they do they emit something into the vagina? Well, the yeast infection comes when your pH is thrown off. <laughs> okay, so but because like bacteria means that bacteria gets in there, and your mm, the yeast infection okay, means that sure. something in, in your body, not just in your vagina, is off. Or uh, I think in your vagina. Okay, and so and like the yeast, it's like one bacteria goes away, so then your candida can grow. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's because like women give themselves these infections when they like use soap because it kills off a certain right. bacteria and that stops But you that also can growing. get yeast infections just from taking certain medicine. Like I've gotten a mm-hmm. yeast infection from taking steroids to like relieve Ooh. an allergic reaction on my legs from poison oak. And they were like, you might get a yeast infection from this. Right. And uh, they were right. Ugh. And uh. so you have to like eat probiotics, right? I think I just, I don't know that. what I did. I don't yeah. know. It was, it was awful, all monostat egg. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so anyhow, it was like this nonstop battle of uh, my entire nether regions were miserable. That ate into our sex life. I was like, yeah. you shouldn't be anywhere near this, <gasps> Kevin. Yeah, this is yeah. like toxic area. Eight months? Maybe? Yes. And it was just like the minute I finally had relief, because it was mostly just like so uncomfortably itchy. And oh. um, and then the minute I'd have relief, I'd get my period and I'd get another infection. And I was like, this this feels like it's related to the IUD. This wasn't happening before I had it replaced. Mm-hmm. I had it replaced. It was really traumatic. And now all of a sudden I keep getting infections. And maybe it's maybe I'm causing them with anxiety. Um, I, I did like elimination stuff where I was like really careful about like detergent we used and like, you know, how I, like, I, I didn't change any way that I like cleaned myself between those times. Um, but when I talked to the Kaiser doctor about it, they were like, no, it's impossible. That'd be related to your IUD. That's not how that works. So don't worry about that. I'm like, okay. But eventually I just like, I couldn't think of anything else Mm -hmm. that, that would be causing it. So I just was like, I need the IUD taken out. And they kind of like urged me to keep it. They're like, we swear it's unrelated. Like that's just not how that works. And I was like, I'm sure that you're right. But at this point in my head, I need this thing out of my body. Yeah. Cause I just feel like even if it's just like my body went through a trauma and it's trying to reject it, like it almost right. felt like that. It's not working. Yeah. So it took a little while, but in the end they're like, okay. And they took it out. Um, and then I went back to like a progesterone, progestin pill um so that's my story did it and get then, resolved after that yeah my infections eventually stopped go stopped uh, happening so and then call those doctors and be like you were fucking wrong you well, idiots i mean i kind of have you did you google the relation between the two has there been anything he, well funny you should ask um, also a good dr kate question yes agreed i would love to talk to her about this um so so after, so that's kind of where it ended for me and I never went back. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever do an IUD again. Um, but I researched, I read one article cause, uh, it kind of seemed like they were mostly the same where I was like horror stories of IUDs. And there was this vice article, um, entitled when IUDs go terribly wrong. Uh, vice. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I, I'd click that though. I'd, oh I'd yeah. Click that of course. Terribly wrong. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, so one, there's just this, uh, stat that I think is like a good sort of argument for the IUD in that the contraceptive failure rate with typical use of a pill and typical uses meaning the way women actually use it and not like the perfect way that we're supposed to, um, of oral contraception is about 9%. So 9% of people on the pill accidentally get pregnant. Yeah. Right. Which is like, yeah. So it's only 91% effective mm-hmm. really. So like the, so the, this says this contrasts with a failure rate of less than 1% for intrauterine conception. So of course, like, and they're in the UK, um, doctors were like being monetarily encouraged to mm. get people to use IUDs. Mm. Um, and I think like for like maybe NH, NHA, no, NHS, NIH, NIH and National Institute of their health program. Yes. Whatever their awesome health program is. But because it's like more cost effective, they were urging women to take the IUD. Um, and eventually, like, then women had these bad reactions because it actually wasn't the right thing for them. <sighs> but because the doctors were like, you know, had mo- money incentive to do it, it just uh, kind of started mi- mixing mm. things up. That happens all the time in the States. It's yeah, awful. right. Exactly. Um, so... Uh, the, this article, when IUDs go terribly wrong, it's by Helena Blackstone in vice. Um, this was just an interesting tidbit, uh, that I thought was interesting in the U S objections to the IUD has been more vocal, perhaps because of the collective hangover from the seventies mm. of the Dalkin shield, which was an IUD, which injured hundreds of thousands. 18 women died from <gasps> sepsis. The Dalkin Shield was subsequently taken off the market. IUDs have undoubtedly improved since then, but it doesn't mean that the technology is totally perfect. Between 2000 and 2013, the FDA received 70,000 complaints about the Mirena. As of November 2015, manufacturer Bayer was facing about 3,000 U.S. lawsuits involving spontaneous uterine perforations oh. from the Mirena. So, I wonder if that hurts. 
happens. I'm sure it does. The, so I think that's when they're saying like it pops out your wall mm-hmm. and they say it that you don't because it's like your uterus doesn't have the many nerves. Okay. Um, but why do cramps hurt then? It's a good point. I think it's your muscles. Okay. Weird. Um, yeah. I don't and know. And does that like forever damage your uterus? I, I mean, to- I assume there's some oh, sort of, God. you know, mm-hmm. lasting effect there. Um, um, so my mom in the seventies, I believe had at some point she had an IUD. Mm-hmm. I remember this because when I was like 18 and my sister was in her twenties, uh, at a family dinner once, this is when my sister was sleeping with men. Now she's doesn't, but mm-hmm. she asked my mom, uh, about mom. I think I want to go on an IUD. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? And my mom just goes without even skipping a beat. Don't go on it. It doesn't work. <laughs> and my sister and I were like, are we mistakes? What yeah, the no, fuck? If you mean doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And apparently she had used it in the seventies or eight, maybe early eighties. And she said it hurt so bad that one night she woke up and thought, and she was having a dream that someone was stabbing her in the vagina. Oh, God. And my dad, and my dad was at the table and he was like, yeah, that was awful. Like he remembered that. So oh. that, yeah, that's yeah. the last I ever Christ like knew almighty. of IUDs. Well, and then, so what was interesting about, I think we're really turning people off of IUDs. I, know. I mean, to be honest, I've only heard of people talking about bad things about them. Like I know yeah. people use them and enjoy them, but like I, you hear, especially on this podcast, people are like, oh my God, you guys got to do an episode on IUDs. Exactly. I'm, I'm still bleeding and I've never stopped. Yeah. Or whatever. So I have like one last quote that I want to like leave people with, or at least that I want to start talking about because, uh, it kind of made me a little angry. Um, and I just maybe wish that I'd had more information before I decided to do the IUD altogether. Um, so consultant gynecological surgeon and journal of obstetrics and gynecology associate editor, Dr. Eamon Ewes. <laughs> great name. I and don't great know title. how to pronounce that last name. Um, I've Ewes. seen it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, says, personally, I would never insert it in a woman who had never had children before because of the risk of infection. <gasps> wow. What? And I was like, you know, what's interesting? Oh my God. So I've now had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and I don't want to brag, but I've never had an STD. So if I have scar tissue inside me, there are only, there's only one thing that I could imagine that would have caused it. And, <sighs> and then because of all the crazy infections I had, I was like, cause they say it's like, there's absolutely a risk if, cause I, when I had it replaced, I don't remember doing any sort of like cleaning or swapping. I didn't do the classic, like, okay, you have your gyno visit, take this wipe and wipe yourself Mm -hmm. down. I don't think I did that. And I don't know like what kind of business I could have even had down there that would have been a problem. But I'm like, you know, we all have bacteria on our skin like all the time. Right. Yeah. And so, and if that stuff is bad, if it gets in your uterus, Mm -hmm. but the fact that then like I voiced that multiple times and they're like, that's not how it works. And then I'm like, fucker, like that's absolutely a risk with this. Mm. And like, so again, I just feel really failed by Kaiser. Yeah. And, and I'll be like so bummed if I find out that like my fallopian tubes are blocked because I was like trying to be smart about why would the fallopian yeah. tubes though be blo- like what would have have happened well if there was an infection inside uh, it could be scar tissue okay is that one of the uh, one of the listed side effects is possible that was like ectopic pregnancy yes yeah so but it's but actually they say ectopic only when it's inside you right um, and they don't you list need it. that new doctor meg i think yeah. they're gonna clear it all up so according yeah. to this quick healthline google Birth control doesn't cause yeast infections. However, certain forms of hormonal birth control can increase your risk of developing a yeast infection because the hormones in birth control disturb your body's natural balance. Mm. So it's not like it causes it, but it could be a a factor, I guess. (laughs) Well, I had this like theory and it was just based on like how I was like internalizing what was happening. It just felt like because I would clear up the infection and then I'd get my period. It felt like because there, it felt like there was something not right inside my uterus that was then coming through my vagina and then giving me an infection. Mm-hmm. So it felt like my period was constantly giving me an infection. And, and I didn't know how else to describe it because it was like, I would clear it up. I'd get my period and voila, I'd have another infection. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I don't, when, when, I mean, that would be another thing to look up. Like, can periods give you, 
And then the fact that it would go back and forth. It'd be, then other times it'd be a bacterial infection. And I sometimes wondered if I was misdiagnosed with a yeast infection when it was always a bacterial infection. Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the difference? So like a yeast infection is when, um, it's, uh, fungus, it's candida. So that's like, it just is, um, this one type of like, uh, I think fungus, which sure. makes it sound so gross. Um, so does yeast. So <laughs> yeah, but it, it because of one thing is off in your sure. vaginal pH, then it can just thrive. So that's why you get the creamy like <laughs> cottage <laughs> cheese <laughs> discharge. Um, <laughs> you asked <laughs> um, where bacterial infection um, and, and like with yeast infection, it's like the discharge is white and the smell is kind of sweet. Um, where, <laughs> and, and it's very, um, fragrant. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Great minute bouquet. I said sweet. Oh, de lemon. <laughs> um, <laughs> where bacterial infection, it's like, it's way more gnarly. And like the discharge is like wild west. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, it's spurs. Ching, ching, just coming Will out Smith's your canal. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I Kevin will write. Klein. What are you doing there, Kevin Klein? I will rewrite wild, wild west. <laughs> For the IUD, for the bacterial infections I experienced. Oh my, how would you get there? But so it could be that I'm going to see a new doctor. I'll give her all of my theories. She'll probably also say, "So you're not a doctor." Um, but no, not if she's good. not if she's a good doctor. But wasn't it Doctor Kate who said we are the experts of our own bodies? Yes. I'm like, I wish that I had had a doctor. I know that had that. We opinion. all deserve that doctor. Yeah. Me too. So, I feel lately I've been discouraged at doctors for like, like I, I, I totally get that like Dr. Google, you know, is not the, like, you know, WebMD is uh-huh. not a doctor's friend and they hate when patients come in and yeah. are like, I read this online, but like I do read things online sometimes. Yeah, we all do. And I cross reference and I do my diligence and I read a study and I'm like, oh, I have a thought is this accurate? Where else are you yeah. supposed to do your research? Right. right. And like, and so I, I, I was sort of discouraged once recently by a doctor with something. Um, I was asking her if it's possible that like fevers are caused, if can be triggered by anxiety. Cause I feel mm. like I've been getting weird, like anxiety fevers. Yeah. And she was like, I've never heard of that. And I was like, okay, but like I read like several articles about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like if you haven't heard it, doesn't mean it's right. not true. Cause I don't know. Cause was, one doctor can't know everything. Exactly. You know? Um, and she kind of, I felt like she was a little bit dismissive about it, but I was mm. like, it, 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 it just, okay. But it's never mind. Right. It's hard fevers. when that's just all the feedback you get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow yeah that's really whoa I, I like i vaguely remember you going through this mm. and i'm sorry that yeah man that's yeah. tough so, and your periods were really weird throughout all this right like you yeah. wouldn't get them you get them sporadically well yeah and then when with the replacement i would get a period oh like, you you weren't getting them the first time yeah got it so the first yeah. one maybe you like, had like a defective IED. I mean, I mean, I maybe, maybe you had, had an ied she had an ied they, in there. May? that was a mistake that you gotta it. get it right with those you're acronyms. Not, you're not the only one who confuses them. Well, me also and Kaiser gynecologists. Yes, Doctor Bertoli. Bertoli. And also <sighs> comedian and late night with Seth Meyers. Is that his show? Late night with Seth Meyers. Yeah, I think so. Seth Meyers' show. Yeah. Um, she's she's a writer, right? For him, Amber Ruffin. Mm. She has some great tweets about IEDs. She says, went to the gyno and got an IED. Don't you mean an IUD? Nope. They definitely said IE. Giant explosion kills them both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then this is my favorite. Thank God someone made birth control easy for men. Excuse me while I go to the doctor so she can stick a plastic letter T into my vagina and leave it there for years or until it perforates my uterus. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, men are like, I prefer not to wear latex. Yeah. It makes my (laughs) orgasm slightly, um, I don't know, more contained i don't like that i mean we posted about male a male birth control study on our um instagram and probably got the most trolling out of anything we've ever posted aside from like every time we toast post about trans people we always get shitty people commenting yeah which super sucks yeah shout out to our trans listeners we love you we love you um but yeah this guy was like we posted something about how 
they ended a study because it it affected men's moods or something. Yeah. And made them depressed. The birth control made them depressed or something. And it yeah. was like, okay. Like, oh. Talk to people with PMDD. Like with right. depression or with, or with birth, PMS. Or birth control. Or Hello. birth control and the hormones yeah. fuck with them. Yeah. yeah like, oh. yes. Yeah. Talk yes. to Meg Trowbridge who had bacterial infections. For okay. eight fucking months. Like, like and? Depressed. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, um, listeners, I think there's probably a lot of you out there who have an IUD and love it. Um, love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, we would love to. You know, I do. I don't want to discourage people from like the right choice of contraception for them. And what's nice about the IUD is that there's like a non-hormonal option. Um, if that's something that like there just aren't that many options out there besides, you know, especially if you, uh, want to be more intimate with a male partner and you also would like him not to wear condoms. If you're with a guy who refuses to wear a condom, you call us up. Don't be with and, that guy. And we'll like help, help educate him or something. We'll give him, we'll, like, we'll slip him an IED. Is what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. We'll force him to babysit an infant for a night yeah. and then he will wear that condom. Okay. So, since I introduced the IUD bleed search to y'all, um, I also put a call out for other people's um, experiences with IUDs. And I thought, you know, to help round out the episode and our take on IUDs, it would be useful for our listeners. So I thought I would start with some folks who really love their IUDs. Um, for instance, uh, our friend of the pod, Laurel. Re IUDs. I've had a copper IUD for three years and all caps. I love it. Yes, my cramps were worse in the beginning, but they evened out. And now I'd say they are only a little worse than pre IUD, but I'm happy to deal with those for one to two days a month because being off hormones 365 days a year makes me feel all caps amazing, Mm. which I think is totally fair. It's a great reason to do an IUD, especially copper IUD. Um, And another uh, friend of the pod, Katie, writes, Um, I'm on my second, totally love it. First implant was tough. And even for the second one, took a sick day and had a strong edible, but I totally love it. It really works for me. I've had friends whose boyfriends can feel the string poking, uh, but they got it trimmed back and it was fine. You can trim your string. A doctor can trim it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Please don't trim. I don't have a penis, you guys, but like, this is the first (laughs) time in my life I've ever felt empathy for a penis. (laughs) Cause it hits string. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. I thought it was more like. The tip. Prickly. No, yeah, yeah, no. Sorry. It's no, getting yeah, strings string. are soft. Yeah. Okay, um, then fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's something what are, tickly. What are you, yeah, yeah, what are you complaining about exactly? <laughs> well, and Katie confirms that um, she's never had that problem. So. Okay. Um, never had what problem? The uh, partner. Um, feeling the feeling string. the strings. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So I was under yeah. the assumption... That some IUDs stopped your period or only came a couple times a year. But yeah. it sounds like every from you and a lot of people we've talked to, that's not ever the case. It's just a regular period. So I think, so like my, I know a couple women who have the Mirena who don't get their periods. Okay. So I do think it works for some people. Okay. I mm-hmm. just spotted 24-7. Right, right, okay. Which was miserable. Um. Okay, so then uh, I have an indifferent... Uh, take on the IUD from uh, someone named Sam Bam 130. I am indifferent. Mine has done the job. No babies. But it has made my periods heavier and painful every other month. It has made me hesitant to use a cup because I've heard a horror story about the suction pulling the IUD out. Oh. Which is like, I feel like it's been debunked, but uh, I also don't know enough about it. That's a question for Dr. Kate. Dr. Kate. Flag it. Meg Hayes, when you log this episode, write that down. <laughs> Note to self. Self? Um, okay. And then we have some phone calls that have um, some interesting stories behind their IUD experiences. Hi. I'm Champagne. I'm actually listening in Alaska. And you guys always make my day better. Always make me laugh. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm calling in regards to the IUD call-in question. Um, so I have a copper IUD and I got it a little less than a year ago, probably like nine months. And before I got my IUD, I had like fairly heavy periods and I might have like an occasional cramp 
on my first day. But um, I've been using a menstrual cup for about three years, and that always just took care of me for 12 hours, and I could just change it twice a day and take a little shower, and I was fine. But since I got my copper IUD, it has been like a monster inside of my uterus with like claws and teeth and like a hundred knives and like I don't know where these buckets of blood are coming from but it is fucking awful it is so bad um my last period I basically couldn't move for like two days it hurt so bad I mean, this is a common thing I hear, right, is that the copper IUD can sometimes give people heavier periods, like, for the entirety. Like, I I know someone who maybe called in who even said that she would have to change her cup every two hours. So they So they do use their cup with the... Yeah. So that's interesting. Yikes. Yeah, talk to your gynecologist. You shouldn't have to be going through that. That's a lot. That's aggressive. Okay. Thanks for calling champagne. Thank you so much. We are praying that your period chills the fuck out. Yeah, like a monster clawing away. It's very visual. Descriptive. Monster inside my uterus. All right. Here's another one. Hello, Vicious Cycle. This is Molly, one of the sisters of the podcast. So I was just going to say I was really nervous about getting my IUD and my sister, who is Megan Trowbridge, had told me her awful experience. So I thought I was going to have the same thing. Fortunately, my gynecologist is awesome. And she just kind of looked down there and said, you're a straight shot. And then she just stuck the thing up. And it was uncomfortable, but it didn't hurt as bad as I thought it was going to be. I guess my IUD experience wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, the other thing I'll add about my IUD, IUD experience after the fact is that it's been really great, but it's also been kind of annoying because it has, because I got the copper IUD and it has made my periods stronger, more heavy, which was expected, but it's also caused spotting that happens almost constantly in between. And I went to the gynecologist and she said that shouldn't be happening, but she's not surprised. So if anyone's going through that, I guess it's normal and just annoying. Normal but annoying. Like, yeah, you're right. just like that shouldn't be happening, <laughs> but also I'm it not is. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally the life of someone with a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be happening, but, but sorry. There you go. Yeah. Normal what but you annoying. Do? Yeah. So good. Okay, cool. Thank well, that's a positive call. one. So, so many people with the um, copper IUD. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like when I would talk to someone, I mean, granted, maybe Planned Parenthood had a deal with Morena. They were like, yeah, we can give you the Morena. Um, but I, that seemed like my only option at the time. So it's cool that people were like interested in hormone free options. Hey, this is Gabby calling from Oakland. But probably the most frustrating aspect of having the Morena was constant yeast infections. I had never had yeast infections prior to getting the, the Mirena, but my doctor kind of dismissed my concerns and just said that, like, there were, you know, it was because of my sexual practices or uh, other reasons, but I was really convinced that it was because I had the Mirena in. Um, and I just generally during that time felt like I had a lot of mood shifts um, and, like, mood swings during that time. I mean, it was a stressful time in my life as a college student but not any more stressful than it had been previously. And so I was pretty tired of being dismissed by my doctor. So I literally just pulled that shit out. Um, and a few days later, no more yeast infections. And like a week later, no more mood swings. And maybe a few days after the mood swings ended, I stopped spotting and I was fine. Um, I think that if I were to try again, maybe I would try a non-hormonal version. Uh, for me, it's a no. Yeah, it's a no for me on the IUD Marina front. It's a don't. It's a, it's a don't. don't. It's a don't. It's a don't for you. Yeah. Um, Gabby's such Gabby. a boss. Did yeah. you just pull, pull it out? out? I, did they do it or did they just have the doctor do it? It's a good question. Gabby, did you? No, I think Gabby pulled that <clears throat> shit out. Yeah. Gabby would do that. something like Gabby that. Gabby would right? do Yeah. <laughs> Gabby's been like a doula. Yeah. Like they know, they know some shit. Oof. Oh, that's wow. a good point. Yeah. And this is Gabby from Vicious Cycle the Musical. Oh, in yes. case listeners don't know. Pretty big deal. Um, 
Oh, wow. So, right. So I think it is helpful because like I had the same situation and again, like the doctors were just like, oh yeah, we're not going to mark at all that you continue to get infection after infection. Like, I'm like, that's not normal. I don't have a history of that. And then after the IUD was taken out, it stopped. So like if other people are experiencing this, like I feel like we have to push back with doctors more and yeah. and also like even if they're telling you it is no way it's the iud like trust your body and just yeah. you know take it out give don't yourself don't accept the it's normal but annoying <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah or like we don't have research to support that yet well right. you have a lot of patients that are saying the same thing yeah. yeah i mean i think half the time we're understanding these things faster than the science world sometimes is so yeah i think meg's right you i mean of course, listen to your doctor, but yeah. if your body's telling you something different, you should be listening to your body. And like Dr. Kate said, we are the experts of our own bodies. We are the experts of our own fucking bodies. No one else is an expert of your body but you. Okay. Okay. So I have a couple. So the thing is, we got a lot of messages and a lot of calls from people, so we can't um, touch on all of them. So thank you all so much for reaching out to us. Um, I'll read this last one. Okay. From an indelicate period, uh, which is a fun IG account. You should nice. give them a follow. Um, they write, I had a terrible reaction to an IUD. I have super painful periods. My doctor recommended an IUD to limit painful periods. It, I was really hopeful because most oral contraception was messing with my mood. I had it placed on a Friday. During insertion, it hurt so bad I was crying so hard I had to hold my breath to stop shaking so they could finish and clip the string. I went home and laid on the couch all weekend. I read that typically hurt for a bit after insertion, but I tried to do light activity. Ten days after insertion, I'm still in pain. I take a short walk with my husband to see if that helps. I almost didn't make it home. I lay in bed, and the pain gets worse and worse. We were supposed to go to my husband's parents for dinner, um, but we had to cancel. My husband can't lie, so he told his parents. His parents, oh. I know, his parents being kind came over with painkillers. I was both embarrassed at having a conversation with my in-laws about my uterus and excited for drugs. Drugs didn't work. Finally, my husband drags me to the ER. They ultrasound me. Nothing is out of place. They give me a shot of morphine and send me home. Oh. It ends up taking another week before I can get into the doctor for removal. I feel fine within 24 hours. Doctor orders an MRI to figure out what's going on. She calls me three weeks later. I have adenomyosis. Adenom adenomyosis? She, re she recommends an IUD. I have a new doctor. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, what's adenomyosis? Goodness. I'm looking at this. Yeah, let's look it up. Uh, adenomyosis occurs when the tissue that normally lines the uterus grows into the muscular wall of the uterus. Oh. So it's like not on the outside, but it's within the muscular wall. Oh. All right. Add that to the list. Yeah, of things add that to the list. Megan, on. Megan, add this to the list. <laughs> Anywho, uh, that's, it is, I mean, one interesting that a lot of people doctors may say get an IUD for period pain but sometimes it can have well, that adverse yeah, effect absolutely anywho we know people who love it and if you think it's right for you I think talk to your gyno and talk about the risks and see if you want to give it a try do what's right for you yeah your body your choice you are a beautiful individual flower you're damn straight or a masculine a, i don't know you're a field of clover <laughs> whatever you are you are you. you're a bar of irish spring soap <laughs> thanks you two for of course talking i kind of uds with me i kind of came up with a surprise song as oh. you were talking oh my okay. god okay i mean it's not it's just the it's just the chorus okay well okay um, let's do this and it's based it. on you i filled it in as as you went Fantastic. with your research it's Great. really short ready okay iud no, it's not an IED. <laughs> it doesn't prevent STDs like HIV or HPV. Let's have SEX. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. IUD. No, it's, it's not, not an IED. It doesn't prevent STDs like, like HIV or HPV. Let's have SEX. Intercourse. Intercourse. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to this episode. Oh my God. Cool. He starts for to. This is the only one he'll give a try. He'll be like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." No. That wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And next week we're gonna tackle the cervix. Okay, y'all. Like mm -hmm. the IUD had a lot to do with the cervix. It raised a lot of questions. So 
I went and did some bleed search on the cervix, and you guys are going to love it's, your cervix. Oh my gosh. You're Great bleed search. Love. <laughs> so, listeners, um, stay tuned for that. It comes out next Wednesday. In the meantime, please follow us on Instagram. Leave us a review. Call our hotline. Tell all your friends about us. And in the meantime, keep calm. And, and bleed, bleed everywhere. everywhere. Our theme song was performed by The Go Ahead. Check out more at thegoaheadmusic.com.